Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover 2 podcast. I am Joel A. Erickson, uh, joined as always by Nate Atkins. We are still in Lucas Oil uh, after a 24-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think the best place to start is just the big picture. Uh, and the big picture is that Jim Mercer said this offseason that you have to dominate the division. You have to win the division. He wanted to beat the Tennessee Titans. They are 0-2-1 in the division. They've played terribly at the start of all three of those games, and they lost the Titans today. So I think this is the point where going beyond just what fans are asking about on, on Twitter and, and social media and whether or not it's it's time, this is the part where I think that we've got enough, based on what Ursay has said, to start wondering about the future of what's going to happen with some of the big decision makers if they can't turn the season around. A question. I mean, just earlier this week, he was asking fans to pack Lucas Oil Stadium, and he used uh, phrases like pissed off, intense, primal. This is before the game happened. This is before they came out here, and yet again started slow, and they fell down 24-3 to to a team, the Titans team, that is routinely beats them, but this year does not look very good, and yet they still came in here and just kind of kicked their, their ass for half, and then you know, they found their way back like they do. They they claw back into it, but it's always an uphill climb, and it never feels like they're in control. And I just think that's got to be the thing. When you look at the pitfalls of uh, the Colts just over the past few years, when they've the most frustrating thing with them is that they just have too many games they're not in control of. They're always trying to come back anymore. And they finally did it last week against the Chiefs. And uh, But looking back, when you look at the grand total of this season, that looks like they kind of got lucky that game. Uh, the Chiefs did, you know, they had the penalty from Chris Jones and uh, meltdown from their own kicker and only scored 17 points. And I gave the Colts a lot of credit for that win, and it's it still counts. But it, right now this looks like a team that just eventually you are what what we see every week. And right now it's a team that comes out every single week, doesn't seem ready to play, doesn't win in the game script like they used to, falls way behind and then works so hard on an offense that feels kind of broken. So all the things that had made them really good in the run game and pass protection and efficient passing game and forcing turnovers on defense, we're not seeing any of those right now. And what it leaves you with is a team that isn't taking advantage of games in the AFC South and in a division that should be incredibly winnable. And obviously there's time to turn the season around, but so far through a quarter of it, this feels like a massive missed opportunity. Ultimately, the slow starts, I think, are the biggest, for me, I think are the biggest indictment of Reich so far. Um, I know for other people there's other things, but this didn't used to be a problem. My Our editor, Nat Newell, reminded me before we take this podcast that this is, this previously that Reich's offenses were really, really good in the first quarter. Um, we'll, we'll look at the numbers probably over the next couple of days and write something about where they had been, but to, to to just start as slow as they have, to be down 17 points in three of their four games, all the ones against the AFC South, I think that's the biggest problem so far. Um, it lends to a lot of questions about stuff that's hard to put your finger on, like motivation and preparation. Like today, so here's here's this is where it gets hard. Like we're, People are saying, well, it's a bad game plan. Well, Mo Cox said that one of the big reasons the tight ends were so good was because the Colts thought that they were going to 
have plays behind the linebackers because the Titans linebackers come down and they called a bunch of plays for those types of situations and then they hit them. That's that's good game planning. They, it's 11 catches for 180 yards. It's good game planning. I, it's so hard to know all that stuff. But the in terms of like what to me this game felt like. Matt Ryan was the biggest culprit to me. Um, I mean, the slow starts, though, are ultimately on right because it, it's hard to answer those questions, but you just can't have these 17-point holes over and over again and flat performances at the start. That's that's the biggest question for me right now with him. But I'm kind of all over the place. That's kind of what happens on these First Impressions podcasts. But Matt Ryan wasn't good enough right away. He was inaccurate to start. Uh he had the fumble on the first drive, another fumble. Um, I thought that he blew the red zone opportunity. Uh, some people are going to say play calling, but there were two open. Michael Pittman Jr. was open twice, and he threw it late and threw him out of bounds. I, that's on the quarterback to me. That's not on the play call. That's The quarterback didn't get the ball out when he was supposed to. And and I know Jonathan Taylor had the fumble. Um, I know Matt Pryor gave up a sack late in the game, but it's just too erratic from from Ryan, and this is what I wrote today. So this is that's probably why it's top of mind for me. But they brought him in with the idea that he was going to fix the volatility. He hasn't. It's been the same thing. It's just been with a little bit more passing yards and a little bit more completion percentage and yards per attempt. But in terms of the play to play stuff, you don't know what you're getting from this offense on any drive, any play, anything. Yeah, I definitely think he has to bear a lot of blame for the slow start aspect of it. This is another game where you look at the final stats, and for him, they look pretty solid. He finished 27 of 37, 356 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and a rating of 110. And it doesn't feel like it was that good because it was another game where it was all kind of centralized to the second half. And they did get rolling there in the middle quarters and um, and some of that. But again, he's it's like he, he digs a hole and then he's having a to climb out of it and I this version of Matt Ryan who's 37 years old with with the way these guys you know the personnel he has around him it's it's not enough to play that way so I do think he had the fumbles continue to be an issue every single game at this point it's it's got to become the central talking point and you know, this past week he said it was an outlier and it'll go away well it's not gone away so uh that continues to be a huge problem the red zone issues I I agree. There were two those two misses to Pittman. It just felt so incomplete when they're down there because today he did have those two passes that he didn't hit Pittman on that should have been touchdowns. There have been other times when he's hit receivers like week one to Ashton Doolin and Alec Pierce and they didn't catch it. And then they don't, you know, they don't trust the offensive line in, in the run game enough to run down there. It's incredible to me that Jonathan Taylor last year led the NFL with 18 touchdowns. This year he has one in four games. That is just shocking. And so it's like none of this is coming together. And so I, I'm not trying to move it off of Ryan. I, it's more that like he's not good enough to make up for his own mistakes, and he's also like nothing else is lifting it up at this point. And in the whole problem, this like this defense has kind of quietly talked about how they want to play with a lead. They want to be aggressors. They, they finally got to do that on one drive last week against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. And what happened? They forced to throw it to Stephon Gilmore, tipped it up, picked it off, 
celebrated with their fans and won the game. But that's the only time that they've gotten to do that. Defense has its flaws, too, of some things they did early in the game to, to create the hole. They're also creating some holes. And uh, so it's, it's yeah, just not coming together, though. Yeah, ultimately the defense. I, I know they were handed two short fields in the first half that led to touchdowns. Um, but but that's that's another thing where the overall yards look look better than the actual game was. You know, they if you look at the if you look at the Titans offensive statistics, it looks like the Colts if you just look at the the team statistic of two hundred and forty three yards, fifty two plays, four point seven yards per play, that's all good. Like you, you like that. But they yes, they were handed short fields. Stop them. Like yeah. force a field goal. Uh, specifically the first one, Yannick Ngakwe missed a sack. He had it and he missed him and Tannehill got out and scrambled and that led to a touchdown. Like you got to make that play. That's the kind of big play that they haven't made is that kind of sack. Um, the Derrick Henry run that Brandon face on just blew the contain on like that. That doesn't work anywhere on the field. Um, just the, the general, I know they didn't have Buckner for early downs today. Um, until the fourth quarter because of his elbow. They were trying to um, – I think it's pretty serious. I think whatever he's dealing with is pretty serious. I, I really think that this is I, – I don't know if I'm going to ask this because we've got bigger stuff to ask over the next two days. Uh, I thought that the fact that Chris Williams was elevated from the practice squad but inactive is a sign that Buckner was really close to not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they, so they couldn't play him, and it like the run defense just collapsed yeah. without him. Um you know, they, this this was a Titans team that Derrick Henry came in averaging 3.6 yards per carry, just 4.1. Uh, it was only it was only 4.1, even if you take out the Bills debacle for the Titans. Uh, he went for 114 yards on 22 carries, 5.2, and just gashed the Colts repeatedly, especially in the first half. I you you just like you just can't have that kind of defensive performance in the first half. Like, I know the offense started slow, and Naheem Hines said, I, I don't think this is on the defense, this is on us. And, and you can say that about the second half, but it's on them in the first half, too. It Th- yeah, didn't that, have to be 24 to 10 at half. That, that game could almost, be closer. The comment kind of feels relative. Like, it's easy to talk about the defense when you're an offensive player and they're playing like this. But the, none of it's working. Like, it's – the defense, uh, you know, they – yeah, the, the overall stat, they pitched a shutout in the second half, and they rose up in moments, too. But, again – they helped create the hole because they. this was a moment I thought they – coming off last week I thought could be a turning point for them to spin it forward and make life really difficult on Ryan Tannehill. That that should be the game plan. That's what the, the Bengals did to Ryan Tannehill to beat him in the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill does not have A.J. Brown this game. He's got a rookie wide receiver in Traylon Burks that with a very incomplete connection. He had two catches for 14 yards. And you're at home here, and, and you're – the owners talk, uh, got the fans riled up talking about primal energy and all of that, and they just never made life hard on Tannehill. He finished 17 of 21 uh, for two touchdowns and a rating of 125. Like, well, and I think his stat line I be. think the opportunity that you that you're talking about is hidden in in the fact that he only threw for 137 yards. You know this this isn't a, a Titans team that I felt protected him very well. The Colts had three sacks. Uh, they could have had probably three more if they did a better job of keeping him in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the Colts gave him, especially in the first half, I thought that they gave him a lot of short throws. 
I thought that like there were several rushes. I think that if you go back and look at the film that Buckner and Gawkway, those two in particular, but I think Quiddy Pay had one. Um, their initial rush was really good, but there was always an outlet, an, a short outlet for Tannehill to make a, a completion. So, you know, only 137 yards, yards per attempt, not very high, but 17 to 21 because he had outlets to throw to. You didn't force him to try to hold it like they did with Mahomes last week. Last week they did a great job of making Mahomes hold the ball, and it led to mistakes. They didn't make Tannehill hold it, uh, which is when you get him into issues. It, we're, we're, the defense was was better than the offense. I mean, we're we're getting into something here where we're killing a team that the defense that gave up zero. But it's, that's this game is the tight. It's the, we everyone talked about how big this game was. Ursay set the tone for that way back in March, and the defense has to be better than twenty four points. I don't care how many short fields they get. You have to make. That's what we're talking about with the big plays. A big play doesn't have to be an interception or a sack. It could be a third down stop to get a field goal when they're in the red zone after you've given up a a turnover. That's big. That helps the offense. If the, if your turnover doesn't lead to disaster, um, so it, it it's a kind of a mirage game from a lot of people. If you look at the numbers, Matt Ryan's game is a mirage game to me. It's you know, three hundred fifty six yards, eight yards per attempt, two touchdowns. That's all sounds great, but when you watch the game, he wasn't very good to me. Uh, the defense, you know, the 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 raw numbers seem good. And the second half number of score score is good, but in terms of how they played the game, you know they you for what like again going back to what Hines said, just you can keep them from scoring twenty four points in the first half if they if they force field goals on two of those drives and it's sixteen to ten, or you just take one touchdown off the board and it's seventeen to ten, it's a much better much a different feeling going into the second half than it was. Uh, and maybe the Colts don't don't make it count because they fumbled and threw interceptions and everything else. And the turnover, we'll get to the turnovers here in a second. But the the defense could have been better. It really could have. This defense wants to play off energy. They want energy created by situations like they got last week against the Chiefs when they uh, when they muffed a punt. Uh, well, I that was they got the ball back, but they 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 want situations where they can they can pin their ears back and get after. Uh, quarterbacks and you know and have a lead and feel like they're the closing unit but you know it goes both ways like they got to create that energy too and this was a game where they just came out discombobulated on defense so they didn't have Julian Blackman that was unfortunate they started Rodney Thomas the seventh round rookie who overall I think probably played pretty fine he did the lack of yard the lack of yards per attempt would say that overall it's going to turn out pretty okay yeah Um, but he had a moment you know on that on the touchdown pass uh, the, the first one that the one at the tight end, in the back of the end zone, where I noticed he he was doubling up on a different receiver, and that guy was wide open. You know, they have Shaq Shaquille Leonard back, uh, which which was great to see at the start of the game, but he was kind of adjusting into the flow, and, and he he kind of bit on the play action on that play, and of course, unfortunately, he ended up getting hurt when he got you know ran into Zaire Franklin, which which kind of speaks to. Where things are a little discombobulated here, you added in DeForest Buckner. Uh, you know, is rotating in and out. He was a huge force against the the Chiefs, and just again wasn't there today. Uh, they just they are they didn't feel like they were at their best to start this game, and it's another thing where like the offense, yeah, they had moments where they clamped down, they got it together. Second half, they pitched a shutout, but some of these things like they're they have to they have no margin for error when they go down 
by three touchdowns. This league's so hard to come back from that kind of a deficit. You know, even when you start to play really well, the time just runs out. And that's ultimately what happened in this game. They were like, the Colts really dominated the second half. And they fumbled away their chances. And, but yeah, it's like they, there's one play in the second half. Like the one moment I thought they were going to come back and win this game was when they're driving and they have a third and one and they're really moving the ball well. Jonathan Taylor takes it, gets the first down, gets pulled backward. His ankle gets caught under some bodies. And in the pain of, of, of that moment, drops the ball, fumbles it. Like Jonathan Taylor has played so incredibly, you know, for, for since he got here. That that was a bad, tough, unfortunate moment for him that led to a, a mistake, but like they couldn't they couldn't afford a mistake. That's the problem. They're not giving themselves any margin for error. They need to be in a situation where, you know, if they're up if they're up a touchdown on the Titans and then, you know, you can afford something to go a little bit, you know, off kilter then. But they put themselves in such massive holes every single week. And then every single time it's, yeah, we made some great adjustments. We did all this in the second half. It's never quite enough. At the end of the day, it's a results business, and they have one win, and they played four games. Um, the uh, We've talked a lot about the defense here, but the offense, and this is this is probably the other big argument against Reich right now um, that hasn't been in the past, is that the offense has generally played well in the past over the course of a season. Maybe they get there. They've got 67 points through four games. They're not there yet. And it's been different in each game. Um, this one maybe is the most like the Texans game, but in the Texans game, the running game actually got going. It didn't happen at all today. Um, and then the turnovers. And this is this is where, this is another, we come back to Ryan, which is, He's got eight turnovers through four games, which I actually thought was nine and was surprised, which is I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pass because he's only, only three of his fumbles have actually been lost, which it feels like all of them have, but, but only three of them have been lost. Eight turnovers in four games. Uh, he's already halfway to the most turnovers any of the quarterbacks under Reich have put up in a single season. That was Andrew Luck, actually, with 16. Uh, Wentz was 12. Rivers was 12. Brissett was 11. Uh, this... No team can win with the quarterback turning it over like that. Like it, it's not, it's not even a margin for error thing in terms of the quarterback play. It's like you cannot win when you're turning it over that much. The the turnover battle was three nothing uh, today, and that's that's really that's really ultimately what it comes down to. Because if the Colts aren't turning it over deep in their own territory, it helps. If they finish some of these drives instead of turning it over, it helps. Though I mean I. Some of the ones that didn't turn it, like the the fumble uh, that that Pryor recovered that I, after the game, I kept thinking that that was a turnover because it felt like it because they were they were at the thirty six. He gets sacked for what was a six yard loss, and I still feel like if you go back and watch it again, I haven't watched it myself, but I feel like when I go back and watch it on film, if I have time to do that, it's hard a Thursday game that there was place to move in the pocket to get away from the back end of that rush. It didn't feel like a great rush to me. Um, so he takes a sack there. He, that would have been a six-yard loss. Probably a bad sack if he takes it anyway. On top of that, it's a fumble. They end up in third and twenty-five. Like you were in potential field goal range, uh, and you end up pushing yourself back out of it because of a lack of ball security and not giving yourself no chance to get back into it. The next completion was ten yards. So if he just takes a six-yard sack and doesn't fumble it or takes a step up and completes the pass he was trying to throw, uh, 
that 10 yard pass on whatever in 16, third and 16 gets you to the 32 and it's a 49 yard field goal attempt. Now maybe McLaughlin misses it. He missed the 51 yarder late, but he, they didn't even have a chance to do that because of the fumble. Um, so it wasn't a turnover, but it felt a lot like a turnover. And and the lack of ball security is just something they can't have. Taylor fumbling, I think, I could be wrong, I think that's his second fumble in his career. Um, so until he starts doing that more, you don't you don't really I, – I, it came at a really terrible time. That's the thing. A it, truly awful time. Is it an anomaly? They just can't afford even one anomaly right, right now. But, but Ryan's are – something that's happened over and over and over again this season. And, you know, I asked him about the, the batted pass for the interception. He said, if you can, if you come up with a good idea to avoid batted passes, tell me on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not going to. I never played quarterback. Um, <laughs> I, was a, uh, I was a defensive player. I, don't, I, I wasn't trying to figure out how to keep quarterbacks from getting batted passes. Um, but, you know, they, that's, the second time a def- that's the second time a defensive lineman has picked him off this season. And and at some point, it's not about the – like Reich said, you have to go back and look at each one of the interceptions. And I understand what he's saying there. You're, you're, that's a process thing. You're trying to fix the process, what led to the interception. But there is an element to this where it's not about the process anymore. It's about the result. And the result of all these turnovers is eight turnovers in four games and being well ahead of any pace we've ever seen from a Colts quarterback under this regime. Uh, the same way the sacks are way ahead of it. At some point – you have to throw out what all the individual reasons are and just say, this is happening way too much. We can't win the way this is going. And that's on Ryan. Like, he's a veteran quarterback. He's supposed to protect the football, especially in Reich's offense. Every other quarterback that's been in Reich's offense has protected the ball better than they did before he got there. Matt Ryan is the, is the outlier right there. And to me, that puts more on him that he's not – it's not happening yet. Now he can say hey, there's outliers or whatever and it'll get corrected, but it has to get corrected to a ridiculous degree for him to even come close to what has become the norm around here. Like just to match Lux 16, Ryan can only turn it over eight times in the next 13 games. It's a huge problem. Turnovers get you beat and turnovers can win you games. Right now they're minus six in the turnover margin. That's really the problem on both sides of the ball. They've forced two on defense. Another thing that's never happened in the right era, they've never been negative in turnover margin for a season. They've been in the top ten in takeaways on defense four straight years. They have two and four games. And again, small aside, they again started Brandon Faison at cornerback and uh, brought Isaiah Rodgers in, you know, in the second half. But again, Isaiah Rodgers this week in practice had two incredible interceptions. Ron Miles told us Absolutely that. Absolutely incredible yep. interceptions. He puts on his uh, on social media. It's like stuff that, that you – there's like 10 people on the face of the planet that can do. It didn't earn him a starting spot. Um, that's just a small aside. But back to the offense, it's like – Ryan absolutely has to take ownership of that. And whatever he has to do, do not fumble. Go down. Whatever has to happen there. But – and so I am absolutely with you in blaming him for this not getting corrected. It has to get corrected. But I'm still putting a lot of blame on this offensive line for the overall performance here because while the pass protection was better today and moving Will Fries in for Danny Pinter was a nice, you know, helpful move for – It did seem to work. That – you know, for creating for the pass protection, yeah, it worked. For the pass protection, better general pockets. It's still in in pass protection. When they get beat, they get beat so badly. It is 
it is a disaster play. And I'm, that doesn't excuse Matt Ryan fumbling, but like Quentin Nelson is getting paid too much money to get just blown off the ball by Danico Autry to the point where he can't even throw him off the course of slamming into the chest of Matt Ryan. Matt Pryor got beat so badly around the edge too, right when they were about to drive down and score. And luckily in that play, Matt Ryan actually didn't fumble. Um, and then in the and then the run game, they have 20 carries today for 42 yards, long of 11 for Jonathan Taylor. And I noticed, you know, I don't. This was not a good game for Taylor when you add in the fumble. He had some runs that I thought he could have maybe broken out. But in talking to guys in the locker room and talking to him, what I come back to is that, like, they are creating this version of Jonathan Taylor. This is the worst version of him. Everyone's human in this game. And he's at a point now where, you know, he's not – like, last year what was so great about him is he would set up runs throughout a game to eventually do a cutback to the sideline and just kill teams. And that's how – you know, he ended up having some of the fastest ball carrier times in the entire NFL. And in his trust of that offensive line, their their execution, and then Jack Doyle and all the things, creative uh, adjustments he was able to add to a game, it was prolific. And this year it's so bad, it is so bad for that run game, that I, Taylor to me looks like a guy who's, who's realizing I have to take whatever yards are there because we can't afford to go backward. Because if we go backward and we put this offense in an obvious passing situation, we're going to turn it over. That's how bad all of this is. And what ends up happening is if all he's going to do is run into the backs of his own linemen, eventually he's going to get injured. That's the story I ended up writing, and he gets rolled up on. He, he This is a guy that needs to be out on the sidelines. He needs to be out in the open field. They cannot get him there for anything. And I just – like I said, Taylor had a not a very good game today, but this is the result of this colossal failure and the lack of trust, and I think some of that's on Ryan. Again, he has to get the fumbling under control. I'm not saying he's not blamed for that. I still think if this offensive line was performing like the best in the NFL, we wouldn't be having either of these conversations, and they're paid to be the best in the NFL. They're the highest-paid offensive line in football, and at this point, they're just kind of running out of excuses. They changed the right guard, which seemed like a problem. They're a completely healthy group. The whole offense is almost 100% healthy like this. There just isn't something to fall back on and say, well, they're, they're really fighting through these things. They're not fighting through anything other than the fact that they're not performing, and each week that we come out here and have this conversation that they're just not performing – you know, I don't I don't know what the fix ultimately is for any of this. Matt Ryan can get better at holding the ball and not fumbling. Jonathan Taylor, you know, he can not fumble. like the, they, we can not we can have these guys not fumble, but it's like they're also in situations where fumbling's a risk because the offensive line isn't showing up. They're not doing it consistently at least, and when they're missing, even even like today, like I, I just I'm not willing to get to stand up and applaud them for better pass protection when there's still moments when they get beat so badly that Lamar Jackson would have been crushed. There's no quarterback on the planet that could run away from some of these pressures, and it just can't happen. Um, yeah, I, not opening holes. I mean, the offensive line hasn't been – the protection was better, I think, today. I think Ryan was right when he said that. Now, two two sacks that can't happen. Um, I still – I I'd be shocked if that one – that the, set, the middle one wasn't on Ryan. Um one point seven yards a carry today. One of that, the other that feels impossible. One of the other one of the other things is like I know people want to talk about Naheem Hines' lack of touches today. <laughs> no one's gonna want to hear this because anything that's not killing them is thrown out. But I'm just gonna say it anyway. It, it didn't really matter because of the production of the tight ends and 
the wide receiver is not named Michael Pittman? I mean, yeah. like, no, no you didn't well. see, no, you didn't see Hines early in the game, but like, Alec Pierce four for eighty. The tight ends did not have a target that didn't get caught. That might be the most remarkable stat out of all of it. They didn't have a single target that wasn't caught. Eleven for eleven. Um, Paris Campbell four catches on four targets. Uh, yeah, Michael Pittman was the one that didn't work surprisingly. And two of those targets are the ones that I think that he threw to that, that Ryan threw late. Um, I think there were more plays. I think that maybe they tried to run it too er- too much early. They should have thrown. That that be that might be my play calling. If I have a play calling quibble, I think that's the big one. They 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 well, the run wasn't working. They should have just gone to the throw. And I know Ryan's turning it over, but you got to give yourself a chance to win. They keep talking about what's been working, uh, what, but not getting into good downs on first down. Well, that, when you're one point seven and running the ball, two point one with Taylor, with the running backs, it's just too straight. Um, two yards per carry straight up. That you probably should get away from it. No one's going to want it. Like there's a, there's a segment of the fan base that's not going to want to hear that and say you just give it to Taylor and you keep giving it to Taylor. But I think that the way this game played out and the 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 way they were getting like the way the yards were working, I think that there's an argument to be made that they should have thrown more early. So that that would be my play calling thing. There's one other thing. Uh, this is just going to be a quick a, a, I had some people ask why they didn't go for it on 4th and 21 with 2 minutes to go instead of kicking the field goal. Essentially the win percentage is better if you kick the field goal there and it's because the likelihood of getting the fourth down is so low so the fourth down decision bot that i'm sure some of you have seen on twitter um said that the your your win percentage if you kick the field goal is 10 percent. if you go for it it's six percent but the likelihood of making the field goal is 71 percent whereas the likelihood of converting fourth and 21 is just seven percent so while you would get a higher percentage of winning if you do succeed on the fourth and twenty-one, it's much harder to convert that. So essentially, what you're essentially what they're doing is that you're playing the chances that you you had three timeouts. You're gonna have to get a stop anyway. You're playing the chances that it's a field goal make, kickoff. You have to get a three and out. There's, that's the only way you have a chance in the game. And so with the added field position, then you have a chance to go down and score. So I don't I don't really have I don't really have a, a, a issue with that. I know some people might. I I don't. It doesn't. I think that the your chance of winning is is it's just it's slightly better, but it's better kicking that field goal just because fourth and twenty one is so hard to convert. Yeah, especially for especially when it's especially since fourth and twenty one, they're not playing up at all. It's not like the plays earlier in the game where you threw it to Alec Pearson one on one coverage. There's not there's no such thing as one on one coverage when you have to get twenty one yards. Because seven defensive backs go and stand at the first down line yeah. and just cover everybody. And, and betting on this offense right now in those really any difficult situation is just hard. And what's just been just unfortunate for this team, and it's a sign of a team that's just, just not very good right now, is that like no, nothing ends up picking up another part of the team. So, for example, when, when Frank Reich decided to punt – instead of kicking a 56-yard field goal, which was in within Chase McLaughlin's range, but he clearly didn't trust him at that moment. Uh, McLaughlin didn't hit an his easier 50, one later yeah, in the game. Yeah, he didn't so hit his 51 yard later. He may have just missed that anyway. So they didn't trust a newer kicker. They decided to punt, and they shanked the punt out, and it goes 19 yards. Like, that was a moment I think they thought, 
you know, punting very similar, could have been a similar situation to last week when they, they did make it happen where they made Sky Moore field a punt inside his own 10 uh, with the open roof that you love to write about, <laughs> creates a fumble, they get the ball and they score. Like that would have been, that would have made like Frank Reich look genius to do that again if it worked again. But, you know, they don't have it. Like they just don't have some of the things they need and the guys that they do have aren't aren't lifting it. Like it felt today like, I think if they forced one the right timely turnover on Ryan Tannehill, they they still may have won this game. They needed that one touchdown. They just could never find. They got they came back from twenty four three. They flirted with it a bunch and just coughed it away. And they never quite got there. And the offense couldn't do it. They were fumbling or, you know, or taking sack, not quite finishing drives. And then the defense, while they were holding them to zero points, they weren't turning it around. And the the guy who talks all the time about turnovers that I've heard say it as much as anybody, is Mike Vrabel. And I remember when the Titans lost in the playoffs, they got nine sacks on Joe Burrow. And I remember him in that postgame presser said, you guys are way too worried about other stats that mean something but not everything, like sacks. What it's really about is taking the ball away and making those huge game-changing plays. This team just doesn't have enough of those. They got some on defense against the Chiefs. For the most part, they're just not getting them. And when you don't get those, then – all this other stuff kind of like boils over the the missed field goal or the you know a decision to punt where you 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 can't you shank it out of bounds like there's there's just not enough people stepping up to make that one play to lift a team that's just kind of in a funk and instead what you're trying to do is kind of climb out incrementally where the whole defense is going to just play a little tighter and a little more sound and we'll keep points off the board but it doesn't really dramatically change your course of action and your your chances of winning so that's just what this it's it's been it's hard to put your finger on a lot of this stuff with this team because we know they have talent and for the most part they're pretty healthy outside of the obvious real issue um that, that's just kind of a little bit a little bit less a little bit less healthy now because you have Leonard you have Taylor and now you have Blackman too yeah, yeah the offense is very healthy I should say special teams have had some issues obviously last with last three drives stuff. last three drives for the Colts offense and this is this is I think outside of the turnovers the secondary story of the game and it, it involves the turnovers so it still is the turnovers um, third quarter drive they get a first and ten at the Tennessee 34 Taylor for a negative two then the Ryan sack that kind of confuses me a little bit like why he didn't step up or move or do something to get away from what didn't feel like a ton of pressure Uh fourth quarter they get to third and one Tennessee 24 Taylor fumbles and then on the last drive first and 10 at the Tennessee 22 Hines right tackle the Tennessee 22 for no gain that's it see I feel like that might be one of those just keep throwing um a pass to Hines for negative three yards Autry was bearing down on him he flipped it out and Hines couldn't make it somebody mess and then the Ryan sack for negative eight yards. So that's three That's three drives. They didn't get in the red zone, but that's three drives that are deep in Tennessee, Tennessee territory that come away with nothing. Um, for ball security issues, for offensive line issues, I was, I was going to say that this game feels like it's less on some of Ballard's decision-making than others because Quiddy Pay had a sack, Iowa Dagbo had a sack. Um, their receivers and tight ends played well outside of Michael Pittman in a way that I don't think most of us saw them doing as a totality. Um, it's two straight games where the sort of secondary receivers have been very efficient and made some of the bigger plays. But the flip side of that is kicker situation bit him again. Uh, 
And I think that that missed, like, now the more I think about that missed field goal, like, if you get a chance to kick off and they start at the 25 instead of wherever, where did they start that from? The 41. Uh, if you do get the stop, now they didn't get the stop, but if you do get the stop, that's a significant amount of field position. Mm-hmm. So the kicking situation again, prior giving up the sack uh, on the on the, the last play before that field goal, that's the left tackle situation again. The offensive line in general is is some of the, the decisions he made. Um, so it ends up that it comes away with his hands still bloody. Uh, maybe maybe less so than say Jacksonville, but still bloody. Yeah, I mean, the, like you said, a counter to it would be, and the one positive is the receivers and tight ends. The, the role players on offense really had a nice game, including Will Fries stepping in and I, I at least in pass protection. At least in, in pass, pass protection. protection, we have to keep giving that caveat because they were so bad right. in the run. And, and I'm sure he was part of that. That's his game has looked when I've seen him much better in pass protection than than run blocking. But like, I, I, you know, you want to give a shout out. These tight ends were so good today. Not just. The, the plays they made, like the efficiency and the plays they made. Two touchdowns from Mo Alley-Cox. Uh, Jelani Woods only had one target, but he goes for 33 yards, rumbling through the defense to set up a first and goal. Um, you know, Colin Granson had some huge catches. They weren't just easy ones. They were, like, he converted a third down in the red zone. He had big catch along the sidelines. Alec Pierce had a couple of nice, uh, nice catches. It's like, but these cannot be the stars of this team. That is the whole problem, is that these guys, and that's why this year has just become baffling to me, is that if you had told me coming into a game this is going to be the production for some of these guys, I'd think they, they may win this game by two scores. Like, that's exactly what you need, these, like, complementary parts. But when Jonathan If they don't Taylor, turn it over, they might have won it by two scores. And that too. But even still, like, Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 42 yards. Michael Pittman Jr., three catches, 31. Um, some of that happened on defense too. Unfortunately, Shaquille Leonard – Got hurt, barely played, but you know Yannick Ngakwe didn't quite, quite quite get there. We didn't see a lot out of Stephon Gilmore. Ngakwe, I was just gonna, we were, I was kind of wanting to move off the defense, but Ngakwe, I think that was Dennis Daly at left tackle for the Titans. Ngakwe finishes the game with one quarterback hit. That's just not enough. No, nope. regardless of how fast the Titans were throwing. Yeah, you got to do more than that. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, moving especially on a day that you know Buckner's limited, like that's got to be you. You're supposed oh, to be yeah. the other big gun. And, and Quiddy Pay showed up, so if they had it on the other side, it's just uh, it's tough. And, I mean, I do think there's there's some things to – I don't know. The, the, the offense – the main thing is that, that I get back to is yeah, – like if, if you say anything positive, your house will be burned down. <laughs> <It's just, laughs> I guess the amazing thing, the thing that struck me was talking to Mo Alley-Cox after the game and, like, all the questions were about – almost all of them were about negative stuff. And this should have been the Mo Alley-Cox game, the way that it was the Jelani Woods game the week before. I mean, he came out and he had six catches for on six targets, 85 yards, two touchdowns. And we should be talking about that. We should be talking about Paris Campbell got going and it was efficient. Colin Grant had some big catches. Alec Pierce, that's two good games in a row. And – I remember when we're planning stories, that's how it goes during the game is we talk about, well, if they win, all these would have been potential stories and it could have been a cool um, two, you know, they could have stacked two good or two wins in a row. um, And this, this whole thing would feel different if they just found a way to win, even if it wasn't perfect and pretty, if it's a win over Tennessee and it gets you to two, one and one, and you build on all these positives instead the storyline again is all the stuff that that has made this year 
kind of frustrating for Colts fans and everyone that watches this team is it's it's like it doesn't matter. At some point, it doesn't really matter. All the things we thought were questions with tight end wide receiver at the moment don't feel like they matter that much because the things that we thought they would definitely do well, like take care of the ball and run the ball well and make big plays on deep splash plays on defense and force turnovers, that's the stuff that's not happening. And until that changes, like a, a team of rookie wide receivers and tight ends, that, that those guys are not going to be the ones to fix it. it yeah, it doesn't. The best it, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, as as encouraging as some of that stuff might be, I understand what you're saying. Like, you, it can't be the only thing, you know. Um, yeah, it's like we're wasting their growth, and so now we're having to ask those guys about things like, like, ask them all about like the run game not coming together and like all just the the big mistakes we can think about which like young players have mistakes that's part of it but it's I feel for some of those guys that clearly have made great strides this year really working hard in her um you know in the light bulb's starting to go off as they're making plays but it's not adding up to a victory because the highest paid players um the guys we thought we could count on the, the units we thought we could count on just are not they're not good enough I think that's probably a good place to uh to stop this other than I will say we learned today definitively that Matt Hawk is not a witch the way Rigoberto Sanchez is a witch. Um, that's true. Much to my disappointment. Uh, Special teams. That's we've kind of touched on it. That's probably the last thing, but that great game last week against the chiefs, it didn't carry over. It's okay today. Not great. Missed field goal, shanked punt. Yeah, pretty bad. You know, the Um, kick return, kickoff covered. And some of that, again, Bubba's got a very tough job and I give him like, this is another game that we're like they they should have a game where they can deal with some of that. They're not scoring enough to be able to deal with some of it, so it becomes a bigger problem. Uh, no time to really process this one for us, for you to listen. Maybe for you, the listener, you might have a little more time. Uh, I fly to Denver on Wednesday, which is just two days away. So, um, the Colts our to, next podcast is out on Tuesday, or we're recording yes, on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, they get a chance to take on a Denver team that's uh, probably reeling after the, what sounds like the loss of Javante Williams, maybe Rady Gregory too. I still think this is a really hard game. You have to fly to Denver uh, on a Thursday night. Uh, that's tough. This well, this right after this loss, it's it's that's not that's not going to be an easy task. I don't care what Denver looks like. Um, so they this is there's a real chance that this team is is really behind the eight ball after this week, and. They, you know, Hines keeps saying we put ourselves behind the eight ball before and found a way to come back. Uh, at some point, at some point, they're not going to be able to do it, and that's that's when I think everyone's going to end up getting what they, what what we're hearing from from fans that they want. Yeah, they're trying to come back in games. They're trying to come back in seasons. They're, they're they live so much on the edge, and like you just realize everyone's human, and like that's it's pretty much the story I wrote on Jonathan Taylor, and that's going to become the storyline this week. Um, we'll see the health of Jonathan Taylor. He's got he's got an ankle injury, um, and that's a very quick turnaround to be able to play on Thursday. Shaquille Leonard, I, yeah, unless know, his unless his ankle is much protocol. better, unless his ankle is much better than it seems, it seems like that's going to be a pretty big risk playing Taylor on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, With something so, like a sprained ankle. So their their backs are very much against the wall, and they can talk about well, we've done it before. Well, now you have to do it. Without Jonathan Taylor, potentially without Shaquille Leonard, likely, you know, DeForest Buckner, 
four days is a quick turnaround for some of these issues that are going on, which this is going to put the spotlight back on everything else we talked about is like the things that are not working, that are broken, have to get fixed. And they, it's a short week to try and do it, but they, they, if they want to say they're a team that climbs out of holes, then I guess Thursday's got to be the day that we see it because uh, otherwise it's going to start to feel like it's kind of kind of reeling on them. For the Colts Cover 2 podcast, I'm Joel A. Erickson. This has been Nate Atkins. You will hear from us again very quickly. I don't think it will sound any more positive because it shouldn't. Again, if you say anything positive, your house gets burned down. That's my assumption. Yeah.